Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Today with Kyle Floyd, CEO of Vox Royalty. We talk to him about what's been happening with their share price recently. He answers us. We talk about their maiden revenue guidance, plus some of the deals that they've been looking at recently and uh, when those are going to get over the line and contribute to their cash-on-cash performance. If you want our feedback on those topics and many more, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, including our fantastic Royalty Week examination. We've got training courses on there to help you with your diligence process. And we've done summaries of all of our interviews just to save you some time because we know you're busy people. And most exciting of all, we've got a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe, friendly environment, free from judgment, trolling and abuse, all that nasty stuff. And you can join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Kyle, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate that. Um, how are you? Well, life good? Life is good. Life is good. Making uh, making good progress in all capacities and, and personal life is good as well. So can't complain. Right. Okay. Well, look, um, I wanted to um, talk to you. I caught up with Spencer a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're putting out a little sort of review of a lot of the royalty companies we spoke to. I noticed their press release come out and I just want to kind of capture that in, in our summary. So... Um, before we kind of get into it, because there's a few questions I've got, uh, give us that one minute overview and I'll pick it up from there. Sure. For those that haven't heard the story before, Vox Royalty Corp is a royalty business primarily focused on acquiring existing third-party royalties. What that means is we buy royalties from individuals, parties that have these royalties over projects that they do not operate. So we don't finance mining companies. We don't get money to mining companies to go develop new assets or their existing assets. We look for these third-party royalties all over the world, and we've built competitive advantages in that business of finding these third-party royalties over great assets, acquiring those, and bringing those into the portfolio uh, at scale and great value. Okay. The reason I want to talk to you about looking at your share price, you raised some money um, last time we spoke, okay, and you're going to do some great things. Share price has absolutely tanked from three bucks down to sort of two thirty-five. What's happened? Yeah, it's frustrating, and, and Matt, I actually appreciate you bringing it up. The reality is, uh, in what was a very solid fundamental book of investors with some of the who's who of long-only gold funds, um, unfortunately, a kind of short-term-minded hedge fund take the warrant, dump the stock. Uh, was was given a position. Uh, it is unfortunate. They that is their business. Um, that is how they make money. It's unfortunate for us. The good news is it's a short term blip. Uh, we have tremendous fundamental growth. Uh, we are certainly ramping up some of the investor awareness and marketing campaigns that coincide with this. So as frustrating as it is, uh, it's never fun to have that happen. Um, the reality is it's a short term blip. It's not fundamentally linked. And uh, when we actually have brought in a very, very good group of long-term only gold funds um, that are going to provide a, a really good layer of support here. And so I think what is a negative for us right now is, is a tremendous buying opportunity for, uh, for your watchers and listeners. And uh, I, don't, I don't think that's going to persist, or at least I don't think that opportunity is going to persist uh, for much longer in the future. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're not blaming the precious uh, metals market. Um, so that's something that's, but it's still out of your control for now. So what's gonna what's gonna change things? What's gonna what are the moments we're looking for? What do you, what are the things that you're gonna do 
which is going to affect positive change in the share price. Matt, we've done a tremendous job, I believe, in building fundamental value. And that fundamental fundamental value is going to start to showcase itself within the portfolio. There's this upswelling of organic growth in our portfolio, which means royalties we've already acquired that continue to build and develop value for us as the royalty holder and for our shareholders. And we're going to be able to start uh, I think one, we came out with maiden guidance today in revenue. That's the exponential growth going back to the first interview we did almost a year ago that we referenced that showcasing itself, that's proving out. Um, but we continue to see just absolutely tremendous growth at a fundamental level of the assets already in the portfolio. And that asset level growth is going is, is hitting a point to where I don't think the market's going to be able to continue to ignore it. We're certainly going to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, and then that ends up getting reflected in the show. Give me, give me some numbers, Kyle, because the, this is this just, just all talk at the moment. I want to see what, what does exponential really look like? What's the dollar numbers? How many deals? Where's the cash flow coming from? Hey, it's a, it's, a, it's a big word to use in this context. And if you recall our, our first interview, we had one production stage asset. And I think the knock on Vox was, Vox, great, you say you're finding value, but until that value manifests in cash flow and revenue, uh, you know, it's a, it's a wait and see kind of story. And there was some frustration on our side about that. We, we certainly understood it, but the reality was we are specializing in finding assets three to 24 months out typically from production over really interesting assets, ones that our mining engineers and our tech and our technical team, geologists are truly seeing value in and seeing the catalyst ahead, bringing those in at tremendous value and then letting that value prove out. And that's exactly what's happened. We have five production stage assets now. Over the next 12 months, we expect that organically acquiring no new assets on what we already have for that to be probably north of 10 production stage assets. And what does that mean? That equates to revenue growth. And so we were essentially pre-revenue when we went public. We now came out with mating guidance today. A lot of royalty companies, they'll dodge the question, Matt. You ask them, what are you going to produce in revenue? And there's a litany of excuses royalty companies give. Look, we waited. We wanted to have that firm operator guidance to come out and give the street very, you know, what we believe are going to be very accurate numbers in terms of what we're delivering. And that's $1.7 to $2.5 million for 2021 revenue. And that is growing exponentially. I'm not going to give firm guidance yet on 2022 and 2023, but that pace is growing. And that is delivering on what we said we would deliver. Right. So you can't give me dollar numbers. So you think 1.7, 2.5, that's good? You happy with that? Really happy with that. And if you, if you Why? look it's at not, it's not a lot of money. Forecasted, it's not a lot of money. It, it's, not, it's not right now, but where it's going, and if you look at analyst numbers of circa $6 million in revenue, for 2022, that's exponential growth. When you're doubling your royalty count, doubling your production stage royalties, doubling your cash flow growth year on year on year, that's highly significant. And, and that is going to move the needle invariably for our investors that are going to be patient shareholders with us. Uh, and I believe that's, that, that kind of time is coming sooner rather than later, given the strength of the underlying portfolio. Right. When I spoke to Spencer a couple of weeks ago, I gave him a bit of a hard time, okay? But he came up good. I have to say, I was pretty impressed. He came up with the answers, he knew his numbers, and he wasn't dodging anything, and he answered me straight. So I, I really liked what I heard from him. What I want to hear from you is, is, is the same today, because he talked about 10 LOIs that you guys have picked up. And as I said to him there, LOIs are just LOIs. They don't mean anything. There's nothing guaranteed. There's no, you know, there's nothing... Um, you know, definitive about them yet. So what are you doing about getting those over the line? What are we looking for in terms of timeline? How are they contributing to these, you know, producing asset profile that you keep talking about? Yeah, well, we've announced 
three transactions since we closed the financing. Uh, that's three. Uh, that's three gold royalties. Those are near-term production. They're fantastic royalties acquired at really terrific value for us. One's in production, one's near-term production, uh, and one is medium-term production uh, at great value in Western Australia, where we continue to have that first mover advantage that's proving out value for us day after day after day. So we continue to have a backlog of LOIs that we're working through. Um, you know, at this stage, we're very, very happy with how that LOI backlog looks and us continuing to high grade the opportunities that we're presented with. We're finding deep value. We turn down more deals than any other royalty company on the planet right now. And we, and we bring the best of what we're finding at good value forward for our shareholders. And that is why you're seeing such significant growth at such significant value in terms of where we purchase royalties and the inevitable value that that's bringing to the table for our shareholders. But tell me about that, because I heard from other royalty companies that sometimes it's better to overpay at the beginning, get the scale, get the momentum of the cash flow, and in the long run, it works out. You know, if you measure, you know, paying slightly overpaying at the beginning, these are sometimes 15, 20, 30 year uh, deals. It doesn't matter, does it? You know, it's frustrating. Uh, Matt, I think one of the challenges for Vox is while we've been a company operating the sector since 2014, the management team has over 40 years of expertise. We've gone through cycles investing principal capital and royalties where a lot of the new entrants have not. And they came to market because they heard royalty companies were hot and they liked the model and figured, well, the only, the only differentiation point is cost of capital. And if I can find a good cost of capital, I can be a royalty company. The reality is, Management owns 15% of this business. If you play the way a lot of companies are playing, which is hoping that gold's going to 2000 and do you need gold to go to 2000 to make money on your royalties, you're gambling with shareholder capital. And the reality is we're aligned with shareholders. We don't gamble with shareholder capital. We take our technical team that's actually in-house, not consultants that tell you what you want to hear we look at it and say, we have a finite amount of capital to invest in royalties and we have to find the best accretive value that we possibly can. We're shareholders, we're, we're working on behalf of shareholders and how do we maximize that value? I think it's a travesty in the industry that you have so many royalty companies going out and essentially gambling with shareholder value to get bigger scale and bigger size so that they can eventually get paid more. That's essentially what it equates to. And it's very frustrating because we have to carve through a lot of that noise that I don't think should be out there in the marketplace. So tell me what you mean. So gambling with shareholders' money. What, what should I be looking at? I mean, I saw a bunch of stories over the past couple of weeks, looked like maybe a handful of companies, which I, I was quite attracted to, but maybe I'm missing something here. So what are, what are some of the things that I should be looking at? If, if a company is, how do you define what overpaying is? How do you define what a good royalty is versus a bad royalty? What do you do that's so different? When we buy a royalty, we buy a royalty that has to be a creative on three levels. It has to be a creative in terms of NAV. And are you using realistic assumptions around your NAV values? Are you counting on resources being found that don't exist there today? A lot of royalty companies are doing that. Are you counting on metal prices staying at 1850 when they've fallen off? A lot of royalty companies have done that. So can you look at what's actually there today at a discounted gold price, we typically are using a, a 10 to 20% discount to spot and how we're pricing our deals internally. Uh, and then are you also stacking that up with what investors expect to generate 
which is an IRR, risk weighted. And most companies are using zero percent IRRs to justify the purchase price that they're paying on deals. Uh, and they're giving, they're, they're essentially taking very loose assumptions in their favor to get to a NAV of a premium of 1.1 to 1.3 times. That's gambling with shareholder money. You know, there's a lot of deals we can go do at one and a half times that asset value, but can those stack up? Can you actually generate a risk-weighted IRR that makes sense for investors? Can you invest on a, on a NAV basis that's truly less than one times? And does that actually stack up with your cash flow multiple? A lot of royalties companies hide behind their cash flow multiple of trading at 50 times cash flow. Well, look, yeah, there's a lot of things that can be done creatively on that simple basis, but you need you're going to need miracles to happen to make that money back for investors. Well, what, what does that mean? Because I, I I see this a lot where the brokers in the market, I know you can't possibly comment, but I can because I read these things and I go, they're not doing the work. They're not going to do the work for me. To t so therefore, the company can sort of hide behind that. You guys can hide behind that, that sort of thing. If you're sitting there with 100 or 200 assets, the broker's not going to do that work. And they're going to go, well, I'll just put a blend at a process. That allows you to maybe take a flyer, let your hair down, gamble a little bit, doesn't it? We don't believe so, but it, that absolutely happens in the industry. And, 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 and that noise is out there. And it's unfortunate for investors because they have to, they have to try and carve through that. Uh, and that's a lot of work. But let's be honest. Hey, we've, we've had very good supportive brokers and there's some very good analysts out there. But there's also some analysts that really don't feel like doing the work and, and valuing the amount of assets they have to value when a royalty company comes to market. To truly understand what they have, and and so, you know, hey, there is a lot of noise, but I think there is the opportunity for the investors uh, via this this form and others where they can start to carve through some of that and and understand where the value is going to be created in the space. Look, with how many royalty companies are out there today that don't have any competitive advantages, it's not going to be like the previous ten years where most royalty companies worked. Investors, like when they choose mining companies, are going to have to be a little bit more choosy in where they where they invest capital, um, specifically in the royalty sector. I, I think it's, it's been interesting learning for us, that's for sure. And certainly analysts have thought so, because I kind of felt all royalties are good. That it's a great investment. But you know, I think the more we lift the carpet up, it's um, quite clear that there's a few fun and games out there. I appreciate, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you, you, the candor. And I know you can't. You can't go too far down that line. So just want to finish off though. I, I, I need to know what I need, I need to be looking at. So I've, I've seen um, um, Segi Lola um, in the press release and also Boulong as well. We, are those the ones we're looking at near term or have you got a, is there a list of uh, companies, projects, deals that we should be looking at for over the next few months? Yeah, that's certainly part of it. So Thor Explorations came out with some very strong guidance, which also gave us the confidence to come out with strong guidance. Um, so that asset is expected to be pouring first gold in June of this year. And, and congratulations to them and that team and Jagan uh, for all the work that's gone into that. Uh, but that's been that's been very strong guidance for us as well. So that's June 21, first gold pour, and then revenue on the heels of that for us. Uh, Bulong, that was an asset that we acquired from an automotive parts business. And, uh, and we acquired it at great value. And they've come out and exceeded expectations in terms of when that's going to hit uh, for production. There was also a recent news release uh, from Dengada on the Patombieras uh, vanadium asset where they're fast tracking that in production in Q1 2021. Uh, and something I can't quite talk about yet, but there's another asset in the portfolio that as we were reviewing our 50 royalties and streams that we do on a regular basis, uh, understood that news flow has come out where an asset that we 
we ascribe very, you know, I would say pretty close to nominal value to is uh, is actually in production or targeted to be in production now. So it's, yes, those are the assets that, you know, there's some focus uh, paid to, but the reality is it's the overall portfolio of 50 royalties and streams. It's this growth from five production stage assets to 10 plus production stage assets. And the immense, the, the, the tremendous amount of surprises that we're getting in our portfolio, some of them we thought would happen. Some of them are exceeding expectations. By and large, I think we have one of the most torquey portfolios out there um, for what's happening at a fundamental level where we're not paying anything for that growth. That's okay. I appreciate that. Look, I appreciate your time today. Uh, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on with everything. Appreciate it, Matt. No, it's good to be on and, uh, and rest assured we are, we are working hard on the share price and all the, all the factors that, uh, that affect it. And I think shareholders that are coming in now are going to be very well rewarded. So thanks for having us on. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.